Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Boom, we're on. <laughs> Today's guest, we've got Sarah Sands. Sarah, good to have Hi. you on the show. <laughs> How are you feeling? Yeah, no, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Looking very far, yeah, very fascinating story that you were in prison for killing a pedophile, basically, like a man who had nearly 30 convictions going over nearly 40 years. That like, I don't condone violence, but I'll condone that. So, fair play to you. That like, it's probably every mother's worst nightmare, every father's Absolutely. worst nightmare. That like, not only do they get three and a half years for manslaughter, but then they change that and you're getting eight years. Like, mm. madness to have changed that. This guy was a serial predator, yeah. Um. You took it into your own hands to not just protect others, but protect your three sons who became a victim of this predator. But it's uh, mad to see that how your sentence, because some of these men and women who prey on young kids get lesser sentences than you. So um, first and foremost, for coming on today and telling your story, I appreciate it. Um, but first of all, how, how are you? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. But before yeah, we get into good. everything, Sarah, man, I always go back to the start with my guests. Tell you where you grew up and how it all began. So I grew up in East London, in um, on an estate. Uh, when I had my children, I moved to Forest Gate and then on to where my crime took place, which was Silvertown. How was your upbringing and stuff? I had, yeah, I had a mum and dad that were very overprotective. They were very overprotective. They were good parents, so, yeah. How were you as a mother? Overprotective, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I still, I think still, even today, I can't believe that this is our life and this happened. Mm -hmm. Still looking back, I just, I was so overprotective. They never really went anywhere without me. Why were you so overprotective? Then? We lived in East London. It's quite dangerous in East London. I mean, the neighbours are always nice on the estate that you're raised <laughs> on, but your parents are always constantly making you aware of what's out there. Was there much violence and stuff where you grew up? Was that why the protection yep. came? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did you know anything about like, these sort of individuals prior to this? No. Very naive to it? Very, very naive, yeah. That's one thing I'll always say is that um, I never, I just, I, I still to this day, I, I can't even fathom how somebody can be so manipulative and lie and deceive and it just, yeah, still to this day, I can't. So you never experienced any of that as a kid? Never heard anybody? Because Nothing. With me doing these podcasts over the last few years, like, it's opened my eyes to a whole new world. Mm. Like when you grew up in Glasgow, it's kind of, you just do your thing. There's a lot of violence here, but you start hearing the horror stories, you start realising, what, oh, there's Barbara O'Hare who released the book called The Hospital, Evil Doctors, Drugging Kids, Abusing yeah. Kids, Killing Kids, um, Undercover Pedophile Guy who worked on 20 years, working the darkest job probably on the planet to expose these people. That, and you find out the story and you're thinking, how can human beings be so it's devious? Like, we know there's evil on the planet, See, that's the thing I think I knew of, at, like, outside of my bubble. And I'd met, you know, one or two survivors in the past. And, you know, I knew someone that had, you know, had had been through some horrendous stuff. But you don't, you still don't think it's going to be affect you personally. You don't, you know, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. What was your life like before? It was just normal mum, just yeah. working, trying to raise her kids, trying to protect her Absolutely. kids and just trying to provide. Yeah. What were you working as? I was, I just moved, so I was just doing, I was in college and I was just doing, um, there was a, like a cafe downstairs, mm -hmm. yeah, so I was having trial days in there. Running so just trying to basically job. survive, just yeah. be the best mother that you could be. Like, mm. When did this man come into your life? Because I know he's changed his name, which we'll touch on as well, but his first name is, I've got it here, Michael, please Ted, is that right? Mm -hmm. probably, and then, he, but his real name is Robin Moult. Mm -hmm. 
because I had Dara, Dara right on as well, who mm. a powerful woman, powerful story, yeah, amazing woman, powerful, like, yeah. love her to bits and people can change their name for as less as 20 quid, mm. getting your driver's license, new passports and uh, nobody knows who they are. Like I say, when this man was in your life, he was in his 70s, that nice old man sitting at the shop. Oh, definitely that granddad figure. Mm-hmm. So when you think of like that granddad figure, I had a great granddad, like he was amazing. Um, never nothing to worry about. Never as a child had any any thoughts. And when I met Michael, he, he definitely gave that persona, that, mm-hmm. you know, Godfather persona. Because like I said at the start, he's nearly 30 crimes of yeah. abuse towards kids as young as 16 and 14. Yeah, three separate prison sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stemming from the 70s. Like, mm. What was he like when he first came into your life? So... I think looking back, he didn't like, he didn't come in. He was there. We mm-hmm. moved there and he was already there. And it was just a progressive friendship, you know, just high and by. He would be outside the, um, outside the, the shop where I was working, doing newspapers and that kind of thing, which is our local shop next to the primary school that my children were just starting to attend. Mm-hmm. And you're not mm-hmm. thinking nothing, no bad energy, no bad vibes, just... Sweet old man, something in their seventies. Like the last thing you're thinking yeah. is, but this is how manipulative the these predators yeah. are, and it's difficult to. You would feel bad to say, "Oh, there's something not right with him," because you would think oh, it's just mm-hmm. an old man. Like as a protective mother, then, like when, what was it, the steps to like you finding out he wasn't the man you first thought? Um. That would be the day my twins come home and, uh, yeah, disclosed to me that he tried to be inappropriate with them. And what's going through your mind then? Horrendous. Your whole world collapsed. You know, then you look at them and they're so beautiful and innocent and all what's right with the world and yet all that's wrong with the world is has made its way into your family. Yeah. So was, did you not give one of your sons a job as well? Yeah, so that was my oldest son, yeah. So you were happy at that, thinking, create your sons out working? Yeah, it was just... cute. It was a little Saturday job. And he loved that little bit of independence because before that he'd never had any independence at all. So it was, um, yeah, it was his... It was um, something he loved to do on a Saturday morning, get up and go and help do the papers and rearrange in the back of the shop. I see it's a mother's There was other children as well. There was other children that were mm-hmm. were doing their little Saturday jobs there as well. Yeah. yeah. It, like I, it was, he was charged as well with mm-hmm. other boys around that estate. Like, like I say, man, I don't condone violence, but and it must be a thing that you replay in your mind consistently no matter how much we work on ourselves like it's a it's the pain the trauma the overprotective mother could have done more but but your act that you've done you've saved more kids lives you might have damaged your own mind and some people around you which was probably the difficult thing but you've saved so many other people from the abuse and the terror that this man has caused for over 40 years so when you found out about your sons, like, what are you thinking? I think that's hard as well, isn't it? When you find out that actually this has been going on for all these years. And that's another thing you never forget is, who are them children? Where are them children? Does someone look after them children? Does someone love them children the way that I love my children? My children will always have me. That's, that's you know, that's a given. But not all children have that. And going deeper down the rabbit hole, like once this enters your life and the further and further you go, the more research that you do, you realise how absolutely terrible it is and horrifying in how parents don't listen to their children and how parents don't, um, pains me to say it, but don't believe their children, you know, and that's something that you live with every day them children obviously didn't get the justice they deserved because he was still out here doing it. The justice the justice that they deserved would have been life in prison. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's why the justice system yeah. is flawed because people like this are getting 12 months, yeah. three years, and the, the, the destruction they cause, the evil they cause is... Yeah. There's no 
anything else like it on the planet. But mm-hmm. and it, like you say, this has been going on since the seventies. How many people have many just had it? Della, six years old. Mm-hmm. The shit that she went through with a man who changed his name. She he was a he could take Della to the his go and see his parole officer and as a kid who's yeah. been convicted of yeah. horrible things like. So when your kids told you, like, what are you then thinking? Is it contact the police or is it revenge or you need to find answers? Like, what was your first instincts? I'll protect them. Absolutely protect them. Yeah. Um, so called the family. The family came. My house was full within 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and that's when we called the police and was advised to go straight to my mum's. Because when I looked back, I just thought that was a normal procedure that you've made. Like, so you've said this to the police. The police didn't say to me, oh, we're going to be there in a minute. They were like, get out, get out now. Take your kids and go. And when I, and I thought that was normal. But when I look back now, I think like, you, you knew, you absolutely knew who he was. You knew where he was because how quickly they told me to get out of that house and to take them children away. I mean, they must have known them children were in danger. They must have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you got your, your kids out, when did you then go and see him? That would have been five weeks later. Yeah. Was that just bundling you inside, just all the hatred, all the rage where... I think the decline in someone's mental health is immense during these, yeah, during the process of, um, I mean, to see him get bail, that was something else, you know, it didn't, again, naive, it did not occur to me that he would get bail, not, not even for a minute. How many charges did they have then? He had up to that point without hours and stuff, he had 24 previous convictions we're including the charges that he was going through um that was i think at least another two two three charges and how many has he got away with do you know what i mean how many charges that that's it that's the heartbreaking i know of i think one he was called into questioning i think it was um i think this was played on the news with uh june when um, they was doing their research and their backstory and a year prior to us living there, the police were called to his address under a um, an accusation that had been made about a young boy in his, in his flat. But because the charges were dropped, because nothing come of it, all of these little things that are around these sentences, nobody really talks about them. So when he was it's up worse at, than, yeah. yeah, It's worse than... So when he was up at court... And he got bail. Mm. Is that when the rage really kicked in? Or were you calm about it? Thinking, but it's such a, it's hard to put yourself in that mm. predicament if you've never lived it. But he's up He's up for charges. You think he's going to get remanded and, and possibly die in prison. But when he's got bail, then were you, when did you hear it? Were you at court? I wasn't. I was advised not to go. I stayed with the children. Mm-hmm. So what happened when they get bail? He got bail and I think it was within the same week he got rearrested and was going back. But they let him out again. He didn't even make it to court that time. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what when you eventually take the courage up and go round to his house, like what was the steps that day? Um so it started in the morning. Um by now, I couldn't. I couldn't function as a normal member of society. My my mental health had declined so bad, and you know the children. The healing process for the children hadn't yet started, so we're still literally in the midst of the agony and the pain of it all. And um, that's when I decided I was going to go back to my house and get some space. Only it didn't work out like that. And you had, you were intoxicated as well, you had two bottles of wine? I don't know, I remember buying the wine, but I don't remember finishing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was your mind already gone without the wine? No. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the mother, like you say, overprotective anyway, mm-hmm. and somebody slipped through the net and... Yeah, you it's... make all these walls and all these barriers mm-hmm. and somebody managed to 
Yeah. Do you, how much do you? It's hard, but do you blame yourself for every minute of every day? It's yeah. the mother's guilt. That's the hardest thing, yeah. It's why I speak out because I think it's so easy to hide. It's so easy for me to hide and bury myself into the shadows of society. Definitely, definitely. So he's got bells. Your sons are distraught. Mm. You're distraught. Your head's all over the place. Mm. You've had some wine. <clears throat> what was the motive to then just go? I'm going to see him because he. he but would... you got to remember because he pled not guilty, mm -hmm. they would still have to attend court. So on top of the fact that he gets to be our children and now back in danger, you know. Um, not only all of that, but now they then will now have to go to court and talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. And that, if he'd have just pled guilty and took, see, I'm still looking at it from a kind of normal person's point of view to an evil predator. Like in my head, you know you did something, so say you're guilty. You know, so and save these children the heartbreak of having to, you know, do all that. So for me, you, if you've done something, you should stand up and say you did it, you, sh you know, and take that. Sh that should never have been on the shoulders of my children. These people are evil, though. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care Still about the, the suffering they've caused on this planet. So you're thinking you want him to admit his guilt to save yeah. your children from 100%. to be going through any more 100%. stress. So you've got you've went and got a blade you've went to see him like was it just a case of did you have the intentions of killing him then or were you just thinking no i just want him to make yeah. his guilt yeah he had to he had to admit it because i know you did it obviously they know you did it like in my head i couldn't understand why the police had the judge that gave him bail i couldn't understand how the judge that gave him bail like, did the judge disbelieve the kids? Is that why he got bail? Do you know what I mean? Like, he knows he did it. My kids knows he did it. I 100% know. Um, what was that judge thinking? So if the judge can't do it, then I will do it. You know you did it. You're going to tell him you did it. And, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out that way. What was it like facing him after everything that he'd done? Um, he had no remorse. Did that make you even angrier? I don't think anger ever came into it. This, this was, someone bumps your car, you're angry, you know, the kid's messing around, you're angry. You, you get into an argument, you're angry. This this isn't anger. This, this isn't. I remember in... Um, I think it was caught. Cool. I think um, they were saying, like, you was angry. It's like, you cannot fathom what was going on in here. You know, the anger that I know, that that wasn't angry. That wasn't angry. There, there's no words to explain. Hmm. I was not. I was definitely not well. I, I would admit that. I definitely was poorly at that point. Yeah. But you'd have, you'd have, you'd have, you had every reason to not be. You had every reason to be struggling. You had every reason to be thinking whether you in your mind you whether you thought I was going to kill him straight away. Every parent would think that. You, he, somebody who's abused your kids, mm. went to court, got bailed, back on the streets. That's what I mean. You're angry maybe through that process, mm -hmm. but by the time you get to where I was, mm -hmm. I mean, everything's exploded. Mm -hmm. Everything has literally exploded. As a mother, as a father... Your duty is to protect yes. your kids, protect your yes, family. Yes. So if this man got bail, mm -hmm. you've got your, if the police can't, it's not the police, they've got the challenges, mm -hmm. it's a court system, yeah. it's, a, it's the whole system that's flawed. Mm -hmm. So in your hands, in your head, you're thinking, look, listen, any, I would do life for my kids. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Somebody harms my kids and I need to do what I need to do. Million percent, I'm going to do the right fucking yeah. thing. I would do it. So you've stepped up to the plate. Like, in your mind, you can tell you're a good soul anyway. It's not something you want to do, no. but oh, it's no. something you, in your head you fucking had to do because you you would rather do the sentence, take this man away and give your your kids yeah. more protection of the evil on this planet. Like when you eventually go to his house, you say, admit your guilt, he says no. What happens then? 
I didn't say anything. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I read that in the papers. Yeah, so I read... no, no, I don't. I don't know why that was in there. I didn't. I actually didn't speak. Yeah. It. Like the memories, I think, the research that I've on, I've done on like trauma and the brain and the way the mind works, and sometimes it will let you remember things, sometimes it doesn't, and a lot of that it won't. And for the first six months, I kind of fought myself because I wanted to remember, but. Do you really want to remember taking someone's life? You know, so it's like my brain's protecting me. So it's not. And I think the the trigger for the trauma happened right then as I was staring at him because it was like my brain just switched off. It was like I wasn't. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I wasn't a, a normal talking human being, definitely. Yeah. You weren't in control. No. You went into survival mode. Mm. What could it, what mm. what if it was you? What if it was you? Who says this man's a dangerous man? More dangerous than you, even mm. though what you've done. That look the pain and misery this mm. people have caused. And it must be hard for me to sit here and say oh, it's okay for me personally to think it's okay done, but you've still got to live with that taking somebody's life you've got to live with the pain you've yes. got to live with what's happened to your kids and yeah. that's not easy that's yeah. the that's the heartbreaking thing do you know what I mean mm. that you're living with something that it was t- basically took out of your own hands mm. these are the cards you've been dealt in life but fair play to them fair play to yourself for, for playing them and being here and just telling your story as well because a lot of people will get hope and come forward with you don't know what kind of damage they've been through in life like, so after you'd left that after you'd left him like, what were you thinking then like, did you did you, the mist start to clear and you started to realise what had happened oh god no it all, it, it all just went worse from there yeah decline even worse um, I remember standing outside oh. the police station and there was just loads of police and um, and then it's like snippets all over the weekend so like flashbacks of the prison cell or flashbacks like I can't tell you the faces of the two police officers that were interviewing me they could pass me in the street and I wouldn't even know it was them uh-huh. yeah when did it sink in that you'd killed someone during one of them interviews yeah I didn't know he was dead I didn't know when did you find out in, during the interview did they, they I, I can't remember what they said but and I looked up and said is he dead and that's when they confirmed they'd found a body what was going through your mind then? Is it again still all kind of dark and in a kind of daze or did it start to sink in that what had happened? No, I don't think it's ever really sunk in, to be honest. I don't know what I don't know what the the sunk in is. Like is it like I know it's done. Um but I mean it's not like me who I am today, picking up a knife and killing someone to who that woman was. Do you see what I'm doing? Like already in my mind, it's that woman that did it because it's like two different, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly, it's, um, yeah, I don't think it ever, like I know it's happened, I know it's done. Um, I know it's not gonna hurt anyone, but yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't sink in, just is what it is. How did the police treat you? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's not the average cold-blooded murder where it's gang-related or people are putting balaclavas mm-hmm. on and that you've went, you've done what you've done, you went to the police station a couple of hours later. And that's what later. I love about, um, I don't know if you ever saw the any of the tapes from court, but that's what I loved about the judge, like, because he, he just got it. Because he turned around and he said, I don't believe for one minute if he'd have not got bow or something, you know, she wouldn't be here. And that's the God's only truth, so of course I would not be there. If, you, if you'd have done your job properly, you know, no, I would not have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these services, we have these authorities for a reason, 
you know. So people like us are safe. And when something does happen, we have something to fall back on to make us safe. Because mm -hmm. mm. not only everything that you went through prior to that, but when you're sitting in court, that you get three and a half years. Yes. So you're thinking, yeah. do you know what? I had 11 months left to do. Yeah. yeah. So how did you end up getting recalled again and then the, the basically put more on to get nearly eight years, which is over half? Like, what's What were you thinking then? Um, there was some very angry paedophiles who believed that hanging had come in from the back door. In other words, that I, giving me such a, a, a small sentence had okayed it for other people to, to go out and do the same. And I think regardless of the reasons they used to do that, which was, you know, that I took the knife and things like that, regardless of the reasons that they, they doubled plus more to make an example of me. I believe that. Why do they want to make an example of you? They're talking about it, get because open the door. we just spoke about how many people are actually out there doing yeah, it. How many people are going to realise that they're not going to get life, they're just going to get three years? A lot of parents are more likely to do it knowing they're going to get three years because I've set a precedence of three and a half years than, say, to, you know... But that's the risk predators should be willing to take. If people are only getting three and a half years for protecting their own kids, protecting the kids of this world because it's only getting worse. I don't know if it's only getting worse because more people are speaking out and it's more, there seems to be more. It's quite people. hard, isn't it? I thought that many times. Yeah. yeah. Is it, how long has this been going on? But you go back mm -hmm. centuries and you get even now, kids that can get married at nine and 10 in some countries. Like, yeah. There's some sick, there's some fuckery that goes on in this world, man. And, yeah. and I've got kids, so I, I know what it takes mm -hmm. to try and protect kids. And I don't want to be overprotective case it goes the opposite as well, mm. where, but again, because of the people I interview, it's difficult. But I was speaking to a police officer in America. She doesn't let her kids have sleepovers. Yeah. And I'm a soft bastard with my kids are crying or what. Like, it's just... No, mine don't have sleepovers. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so hard <laughs> because we know now yeah. what goes on. Like, when you're going through the court system... Mine never really had sleepovers before this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so mm -hmm. I was, yeah. I'm still, I think that... I, I don't think I'm on for sleepovers. Mm -hmm. I think I would rather you hate me for a day than put you at risk mm -hmm. than sleepovers. So then you get your sentence three and a half years, which in all honesty is pretty decent, that mm -hmm. you're thinking, my kids are safe, I'll do my sentence, you're probably treated well in the prison as well because you're not in there from any badness. People have probably hailed you wouldn't say a hero but a, a good person there are good people that like they're good people themselves yeah. that have done something that's maybe out of character or done something in the heat of the moment mm -hmm. could be any of us that yeah. you know could end up there definitely that's what i'm saying just because you could yeah. work a normal nine to five do everything you can everybody's yeah. got that fuck it switch everybody's yeah. got that switch where they can just yeah. snap i had a young girl on near um from essex mad bastard totally bonkers yeah. but <laughs> I can't help but love the girl because mm -hmm. she's got something special. She's just had that bit of a roller coaster life where she's been caught up some mad shit. But mm -hmm. you can see the goodness in her. Listen, she's done bad. She'll put her hands up first. But I think that's the difference as well. Like what you just said is like when you've done what you've done, you put your hands up, don't you? Mm -hmm. And you say, like, you know, like me, I did bad straight to the police station. I did this, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's the evil of the world that don't do that. You know, it's the evil of the world that doesn't put their hands up and take yeah. responsibility for what they've done, yeah. So you get three and a half years, but then they mm -hmm. called you back and, and says it was too lenient. Yeah, because yeah. I think I've it was about 40. They, anyway, it can happen to anyone. It just rarely happens because, you know, the courts are quite trusted to hand out, you know, the sentences. I mean, it was the old Bailey, so it was a, it was a big call, it, you know. Hmm. So what they say usually does go, but it can happen to anyone. Anyone can. I've, not, I've never in my life seen it happen. Yeah. Something. No, me up. neither. I did. I didn't even know manslaughter loss of control was a was a thing until I was there. I was I was hundred percent sure I was getting murder. I've seen people get uh, lesser sentences. I've seen people get yeah. sentences overturned, but I've never seen someone basically get more than double because yeah. they says it was too lean. Especially for your crime, it was different. If it was maybe. Mm a mass murderer or whatever, but so when you get three and a half years and then they've called you back, you've got 11 months left. How long were you doing in your sentence before you get called back? 
I had 11 months left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they double plus more, I think I had like three, four years to do. No, three years to do, yeah. So what, your your main charge wasn't a murder anyway, it would get dropped to culpable? So my main charge was murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and my conviction was manslaughter, loss of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're in your sentence. Like, what were you thinking then when you, they've says that they're basically going to double your sentence? Did you have to go through the court system again? They wouldn't let me. I am. Um, so you couldn't I appeal was, that. Um, no, I was advised that I couldn't. Yeah. Who advised you? Just um, legal legal representations that I was looking into and stuff. Yeah. But surely you can challenge now. I didn't want to. Could have gave you even more. No, because. Um, It was so in the press and the media and, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was such a huge story. Like people in Greece saw it, my family in Australia, Thailand. And, you know, it was it was it was a global news story. And when they doubled the sentence, they actually televised that live. My mum found that out from the TV. So I didn't I just I wanted it to be over. So that's why he didn't challenge it. He didn't want anybody else seeing it anymore. You kind of just want to forget it. Got on with your sentence. Have to protect the boys. Yeah. yeah. But fair play. Yeah. Like, did you feel as if that was well deserved? Getting more. No. Yeah. I I did always say whatever the judge gave me, he sat through that whole case. Um, whatever he gave me at the end, you know, I'll take it as a woman. So I think what they did after that was that weren't that weren't fair. That was awful, and. I had support from thousands of people, literally thousands of people, but 40 people complained. And, you know, a paedophile wrote in one of the, do you remember the newspaper in prison used to get, Prison Times? Um, A paedophile actually wrote into that newspaper just like slagging me off saying like it wasn't her kids and I got longer than three and a half years and I barely did anything. And then openly admitted that he was a paedophile. They were just so angry. So a few of them must have just got together and complained. But the thing is, what can I do? They say there's one in every thirty. There's got paedophile tendencies. Yeah. One in every street. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are, the old yeah. man, the young boy, like there's or women. Yeah, women as women. well. Yeah. See, that's where the naivety was for me as well. Is that What you read in magazines and newspapers is is somebody else's world, mm-hmm. you know. But to be in Holloway Prison with female, wow, that's female ones too. Yeah, people mm-hmm. just can't they can't get their head around it. Yeah. What was it like your first night in prison when the door gets shut? Was that a relief? I think so. It felt safe, weirdly safe. Yeah. How were you treated? Very well. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Very well. Because prisoners are crazy. Yeah. They love I, kind love, of, I love them. Uh, I still do. And I don't talk about my prison days ever. That's never in the media. Yeah. They're private stories. They're mm-hmm. mine, you know, and, you know, and people don't want to be in the media anyway, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but I still, yeah. What's the, what is it like? And I've met good, good people. Same. Like, fantastic people. Some of the best people I know on this planet are the maddest bastards. Opinion, yeah. is it? But like, it's mine and that's like, it. Like, I still go back to the girl near. Like, mad bastard. Done yeah. some mad stuff, but I can't help but love her. Like, I would help her out you know, if she needed something because I see yeah. goodness. Yeah. You see goodness. Sometimes when you're caught yeah, up Well, that, thankfully they saw it in me as well, you yeah. know, because, you know, what if they thought, because oh. in my mind... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why I'm still whispering that after all these mm-hmm. years, but you know, I'm a murderer and are people going to hate me? Like, look what I've done. He was just a, a nice old man. Mm-hmm. You know, if people don't get the whole story, they could just assume like I'm some crazy wino that, you know, went running around with a knife. Mm-hmm. Because it never came out until you released that your boys were involved. Is that correct? Never came out, yeah. How so? Yeah. Because uh, they were under certain age, they had protection, so that was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've met one of your sons, man. He's a great yes. big kid, like, <laughs> like just always well, like, yeah. like you say. But even speaking about it and speaking out, because you're very open about it. I know you protect your kids mm-hmm. at all costs, and rightly so. And I know you don't really do as many stories, like you kind of digest what's going through. But yes, I sp- always do a project, give time for the boys to process. 
do a project, give time for the boys to process. I mean, there is there is so much more and there are so many more details to it, but that's definitely for when they're ready. Mm -hmm. You've got to remember, it's not just about me. Mm. Yeah, it's about them. How did you deal with your sentence? Or what was your daily routine like? Is it just head down, just try and get through it to I get out? I cried a lot. Did you? Yeah, I've got no shame. I'll <laughs> gladly admit it. I cried. I literally cried every day for six months without missing a day. Yeah, definitely. What's the process of that? Is that because everything your kids went through? Is that because you took a life as well? Like, what is the, the one thing that stands out? Missing my kids. Yeah? Yeah. Always first and foremost. Yeah. Does it go through your mind, your actions that you took as well, whether it was a right or wrong decision? Like, I imagine you still think about that every day, but... I actually don't. Do you I not? I don't question that, no. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. It's done. If it was to happen again, do you think you'd just go through with the same actions? Um, I'm a big firmer, a big firm believer of let's not put that out into the universe, please, because, mm. you know, life has been hard yeah. enough already. <laughs> let's yeah. not do that, okay? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, let's, no, let's, um, no, I think a big thing for me and the reason that I talk out is because um, one of the most important things for me to get across, because I know people do say it like, oh, you know, I would have done the same. I would have, I don't want you to. That's the point. What I want is Della's law pushed through so that you're not, ever going to be in my position or the position of my children or Della's position. And the most important thing is that authorities need to take responsibility for uh, the sentencing, the name changing. You know, there's so much more they can do. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Project Rescue Children. Oh, what's that? They're fantastic. Uh, so Adam Whittington, I think, is their CEO. Um, and they work all over the world. Um, and they... They say in, so he helped in Australia get it done so that paedophiles couldn't travel because a lot of Western paedophiles, once they've been caught a certain amount of times here, what they then do is go over to other countries. And that's why, you know, they can get away with it over there. You know, $3 they can buy a child for. It's ridiculous. And um, Project Rescue Children are putting stops to all that. But they started lobbying in Australia and now Australian paedophiles cannot travel to other countries and do things like that. Nigeria and Russia, as far as I know, have brought out a mandatory life sentencing for anyone that touches a child. That's your first offence. You know, there's no second chances. Touch a child, this is what's going to happen to you. And I just look at our country and I think, wow, you've got that powerful woman, Della, like trying everything she can to just stop them changing their name. Why do we have to beg? Why do we have to fight? Why do we have to um, constantly be scared? Because the thing is, without Della's law, you know, everyone says, oh, you can use Sarah's law. If they've changed their name, when you call up to use Sarah's law, they they don't say to you, oh, but now they're under this name. If they've changed their name, Sarah and Claire's law are both rendered useless, you know? So it's so important that um, that we talk up. Definitely. What is Della's law for people watching? She's trying to get the names changed, but people can't. She's trying to get the Pedophiles can law. no longer change their names, you know, and live new lives, travel abroad under new identities and carry on doing what they're doing. She should bond her licenses, she should bond her passports, she should bond yeah. everything that, like you say, it's a, they should be getting, not the, the death penalty, I've said before, I don't agree with a lot of shit in the system but to bring back like, hanging or whatever for these people to protect the kids it's the only way to protect them because they say they can't change the mindset mm. if somebody's got those tendencies you can't change mm. it so the only way to protect the kids is put them in prison for life or kill them mm. it's as simple as that like, a lot of people might not agree with that but for a father myself and who would do anything for my kids like mm. That's a, like the last thing I want. The sentences are a joke. They are yeah. a joke. They're a joke to the victims. They're a joke to the victims' families. They are absolutely a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much did you have to work on yourself when you were in prison? Mentally? Never stops. Never stops. Every single day. There's no limit to how much I have to do. Some days are worse than others. You know, depression, anxiety, the PTSD. They're all severe. They're all absolutely severe. Um, but I've always been very much that. I can do this, <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. I love meditation, yoga, yeah, exercise, you know. Did you get to speak to counsellors and therapists? Uh, in there? um, 
I did what I had to do for them mm -hmm. to tick their boxes, but um, unless you're a parent, you can't understand. Unless you're a parent that's gone through this. And I wouldn't want no one to, you mm -hmm. know. I know why parents don't speak up, which is why I have to speak up. Because I see so many survivors out there, Jeremy Intercar, Samantha Brown, Della, you know, and I'm, I'm watching, I've been researching them and watching them for the last couple of years. And I just think to myself, God, they're so powerful. Where, where are we? Where are the families? Where are the support systems? Where are the, you know, because we've all got to be in this together. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, man. Like, this is why these podcasts and that are so good because people get an understanding. People can then say if they're brave enough to do it, then I can do it. Like, that's yeah. the main thing is because we're all scared. Like, there's people out there who's been through it, but they're too scared to come forward because they're scared of what people think. They're scared yes. if people believe them. That almost stopped me. Yeah. yeah. Is that a thing that's in your mind as too? Every moment of every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What regret do you have from it? Do you have any? Hindsight's always a wonderful thing, but those are things you would have changed. Only one. Letting him anywhere near us. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. How much does that play in your mind? Yeah. Can we take a break? Of course we can. Of course we can. Yeah, and all of the things you've been through, man, it must be hard, especially reliving it. Even speaking about it, it's going yeah. to bring back a lot of emotion for you and heartache and pain. Like, like you says, it's something you have to live with every day. Like, mm. How was it when you knew you were coming out of prison? Like, was it, were you excited? Were you nervous? Like, did you have to prepare yourself? Um, I was ready. I was just definitely ready. Yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't, um, I know a lot of people when they leave prison, don't they, they, like, they go on a bender, don't they, like, they're free and, you know, they've done their time and they want, there was none of that, there was, there was no party, there was no, um, yeah, there was no going out or anything, it was just being with the boys, that's all the mad. Do you think that was a, being in there as well, was it possibly, not saved you, but gave you a lot of time to kind of think yes. about everything and recharge and rewire and work on yourself and, go inward where it gives you enough plenty of time to go okay that because like you say that the, these these things you'll be living with forever and ever that like, but was there a lot of not grateful i would say but just because it, you were in there it gave you so much time to really mm -hmm. work on it and think about it and kind of process everything i think prison taught me the opposite i think it taught me to stop thinking i think out here we overthink too much and prison gave me the space to quiet my mind, yeah. What about the female predators in there? How hard was that for you? That was extremely hard, yeah. I didn't understand. I did, Looking back now, like, because uh, out here you have internet and everything, you can look things up. I mean, the Vanessa George, I didn't know the details to, like I was in Holloway with Vanessa George. Um, I didn't know the extent of her crimes and things like that. And you look back now and think, oh, she was just like walking around, you know, like anyone else getting her food or going to education or, you know, doing it. Just, it just still, that's when the, you've got to not overthink it because, you know, it will, it will tell you apart. How was, um, like, when you're going through that process and you're mm -hmm. trying to deal with everything, like, how were you? preparing to get out like you say you said you were ready but was there any methods or steps that you just meditation 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 and the gym i loved my gym officers yeah meditation in the gym a lot of running oh god a lot of running yeah. a lot of running yeah miles upon miles upon mm -hmm. miles yeah i'd get on there and that would be it you'd be free for a little while yeah where's your trust issues at now though what zero Completely. Yep. Nobody can come into your nope. life and try and build up from zero to nope. nobody gets in nope. anymore. And that's to protect you again, protect people around you. Mm -hmm. How hard does that deal with? With somebody to then It's a shame, isn't it? Hmm. When the world has made you so closed off. Mm. Yeah, cold towards that. 
but again, I'm still love him. I'm still a nice person, definitely. Just I prefer people to stay over there, and I stay over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love from afar now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it like your first day out prison? Surreal, um, because of the whole media and press stuff. Um, it was kind of quite quiet. So yeah, we just I just went home. I was with the boys. We went out for dinner. Home. Were you shocked how much love you got? Like people, like it's all love, it's all yes. support. Like that must help. Like yeah. imagine because as human beings, you know yourself, we're all soft and sensitive. And like you say, you're a loving yeah. person. Yeah. I've spoke to you, I've met you. There's a cuddle there. Like it's not a case yeah. of oh, stay back, weird though. Like it's, yeah. There's love there. Like you're not like you said, completely closed off. But were you surprised that how much love you got and yes. support? Definitely, definitely. I think. When you're someone that spent so long hating their self, like to see other people loving you, it gives you a little bit of hope. So, um, and I do try and, when the documentary went out, my phone just, social media, my phone just blew up and I do try and message every single person back. Yeah. I mean, I just found out actually that Facebook uh, Messenger has a spam folder and like there's there's messages in there from like 2021 because <laughs> mm. I don't I don't really use uh, social media and I don't really use um, Facebook. But yeah, so I, I definitely try and um, cause people have been people have been so good. Yeah. Who was it telling your story for the first time when you get out? I didn't when I got out. Uh, the first story didn't actually come out until um, I think it was 2020. Yeah. So a couple of years later. Yeah. How were you feeling about that? Oh, it was a, I, <laughs> I cried the whole way through the interview. Yeah, yeah, but it was out there. I think it's so important for you know survivors to know that their families support them and that we're out here and we're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Like, oh my God, do it together. People don't realise how brave it is to be sitting here getting questioned mm. in another city. Like you say, like, that's brave in itself. Never mind what you're still doing to be here. Yeah. A lot of people take their own life, can't yeah. handle the pain, struggle with it yeah. too much and yet people are getting fucking lenient. I've saying. definitely been down that road. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, your your boys would have made you strong. Strong. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That's what kids are here for to make mm. you strong, to make you a better person, to make mm. you see the world differently. Oh, absolutely. Well, I was almost yeah. canning for fucking years. I had two kids. I just mm. thought, couldn't be asked. But then there comes a time where you wait a minute, they need me mm. to take control of your own life. Mm. Why? Because I want to protect my kids. I want to give them a good life. So mm. I had to take full responsibility. We shouldn't be damaging kids. We shouldn't mm. be breaking kids down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People who do that deserve to be punished severely in my eyes mm-hmm. but when you came out then in life like how was life now like how do you um, deal with it all one step at a time yeah one project at a time one step at a time the process is is forever mm-hmm. so i think i've learned not to rush there's a there's a lot of people coming at me from different different angles and to do different things and i am you have to be quite careful as well, just because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to upset anybody. You don't want to, but you just want to tell your story because like I said, again and again, I'm not telling my story because, you know, oh, it's a sad story. It's a fascinating story. It's this story. No, it's for Della's Law. Like we're coming together to do this for mm-hmm. Della's Law. You know, and create change. Create change for the better. What it's all about, Save like, the children. It's just mad that I know Della started the petition and she never did. got the signatures that she wanted. It's, it's I can't it, believe it's, it. Yeah, but it's scary to think that you need so many signatures to create a change that's for a positive. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you shouldn't be able to change your name, like you say, Australia, bang, you can't leave the country, rightly yeah. so. Like yeah. Russia, life sentence, bang. Yeah, would it stop them? It's no. But yeah. what it would do is fucking clear out the path for them reoffending if you're doing a life sentence. Like yeah. I know America chemically castrate people, but it still doesn't really stop them either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They've still got the tendencies, they've still got the urges mm. that'll do other things to get mm. that crazy fix. Like so plans for the future? 
Well, tell me, my Lots. list. Let's, <laughs> let, for your story, I know Lots you have we live it in the pain and that, but it's a story that should be turned into a book. It's a story that should be a documentary, possibly film. That why not make money or, or create a better living for yourself with what you've been through? You've done what you've done. Mm. You've served your time. It was time for you. I actually don't get paid. I never got yeah. paid. Yeah, so that's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, I just do it because I believe in Della's law, and I think for the future, I have one, one um, big dream, and and I see it sometimes, and it's either the either she calls me Della or we're together when it happens, and she says it's done. Mm -hmm. they've stopped the name change. That that will be, that would have made everything definitely. What's that? Yeah, and you will. Nothing will ever be worth it for the, yeah. for the boys and and for what these survivors go through. But to give them that peace of mind that they matter, and that they're out here trying to save other children from going through the same thing, I think um, will help them greatly in their mm. healing. And I think that's the least the government can do when it comes to helping them on their path. What is your feelings towards the government now? Especially getting your sentence doubled, especially they can't pass these laws. These laws should even be questioned. These no. laws should just be changed. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is your feelings towards them? I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's watching the more people I'm watching coming forward and fighting for this change just makes me have no faith in the government at all because they've already gone through such horrendous experiences and you like it's almost like you're making them beg like this should be mandatory you're supposed to care for the most vulnerable people of society does that not include children you know pedophiles are not vulnerable mm -hmm. so how comes that you know you're keeping them safe and they have human rights they have this they have that what are you giving the children ain't that the point yeah, so. Same as in the male prisons, like they're locked away, they're protected. Mm. They're not in, in female prisons. Female. I have heard that in, in mm -hmm. male prisons. Male yeah. prisons have got their own wing. Yeah, I spoke to a few yeah. officers that have actually um, mm -hmm. worked on them wings. Yeah, yeah. they've got their own wing. They're, they're, they're building friendships. They're building yeah. plans. There's handbooks. Yeah. There's handbooks they pass around Four on how them. not to get caught. Mm -hmm. Cause I had a few armed robbers on. I've had a few mad bastards on here, and yeah. they went to Grendon. <laughs> but to go to Grendon, they go there. They'll try and work on themselves to get out. And but when you're in Grendon, it's it's mixed with everybody, hmm. and they have to sit and they're sitting like a all around, and everybody's telling their stories. And some have couldn't handle it. They've done what they've done in there and get shit back. Some had to kind of accept it to then for them to go out of prison. It's hmm. mad. Like Grendon's mad, but it's good for people to try to work on themselves and make changes. My good friend, No Razor Smith. Notorious bank robber couldn't read or write. Son committed suicide while he was in the prison. He just kind of oh. snapped, went to Grendon, learned how to read and write. Now he's a publisher, like, unbelievable man. Really? Phenomenal story. Knows a real good guy. Uh, yeah. And it's with yourself, you'll probably question why me every day, why me, why have I went through this? But the sad reality is, with like, speaking to yourself and Della, mm. you have got the strength to actually speak. There's not many people who have been through what you have been through. Do you know what I mean? Well, I had one mum contact me um, a few days ago, bless her, and she explained to me what happened to her daughter and that she wants to do something, you know. She just doesn't know where to start. And I think there is a lot of people that want to do something, but one fear, fear will keep you rigid for, you know, as long as you let it. So one would be fear, and I think that's why people don't come forward. Um, speaking from a mother's point of view, I'm not speaking for survivors. Um, and the other one is what? What do they do? No one's no one's telling us what we need to do to to get change. We're literally out here winging it mm -hmm. every step. Yeah. So when you come out of prison and you've got all your you've got your kids, you've got your family, then but do you have that discussion? Everything they've been through, you've been through, as it kind of. We just deal with it and we'll move on because like you say you're a strong woman like so mm. strong like, it's unbelievable how strong you are but when did you have the discussion with everybody like it was just a case of have the discussion once and then move on or he's, he's in contact about it every like when somebody's maybe having a bad day it's it's life it's mm -hmm. life it's it's every day so you know if they're having good times then you know that's great but if they're ever having a bad day you come home mm -hmm. you come home to me yeah 
Because for anybody that's for watching, very open. yeah, for anybody yeah. that's watching, it's maybe struggling. Like speaking out as I believe is the best remedy. It doesn't necessarily take all your pain away, yeah. but it kind of defuses something. Like, do you find that that speaking helps the pain? For me, as the parent, mm -hmm. um, I don't think anything will help you. I think it'll make it easier, but it won't. It'll always be there. It's my driving force every day of my life. Yeah. For anybody that's watching, it's maybe struggling right now mm. with coming forward or speaking out. Like, what advice would you have for them? As a parent, yeah, we have to stick together. We absolutely have to stick together because we can't take each other's pain away. I'm, I'm never going to suggest that I can do that for you, and you can't do that for me. I know that, but, um, but we can, we can work together definitely. And I've been researching for a couple of years now, and there, there are amazing, amazing people out there. Like I said, Project Rescue Children, Daddyless Daughters, uh, Jeremy Indica. Like, there's so, so many. There are, you know, so many people out there doing so many wonderful things. You know, just do some. Knowledge gave me my power back. Mm -hmm. Knowledge gave me my power back. Definitely. Are you religious? No. Mm -hmm. No. So see when like. It's easy for people to say, oh, it was the right thing to do. I would have done that. Like, nobody's in, in that predicament to make that call. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though, for me personally, it was the right decision. million percent. Like, I back you all the way, man. million percent. But how do you deal with in your mind that like, you've took another life? Like, mm -hmm. Do you still think about that as well? What if there's a judgment day? What if? No. Not, nothing. No. Because in my mind, there's, there's good and evil on this planet. And I forgave me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long did that take? A long time. Yeah. Because you've got to forgive yourself, eh? mm -hmm. because you're the only person who knows the answers. Nobody, mm -hmm. It's easy for you to tell your story here, but nobody knows what you're nobody was. Nobody knows. Like, there's not enough time in a podcast or there's not enough time in a, to know the whole the whole story. I do. So it, it, it has to come from us first. Yeah. What was that moment like when you forgive yourself? That was actually just quite recent. Yeah, so. <laughs> so still quite new, yeah. Good on you, though. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, yeah. man. Like, like I say, I have nothing but love and respect yeah. for you. Like, everything you've done. Like, there's no... It's hard to put into words. Because no matter what I say or anybody says, like, mm -hmm. your own person, you're not... You know what's going on up here. But for me, like... It's the... It's the bravery of that call that you made to protect your family. That's the bravest out of all. And anybody in the right frame of mind or anybody in that predicament, as a mother or a father, if you feel as if you're backed into a corner, if you feel as if the justice system is failing and your only option is to do that, then then so be it. Like I say, there's so many people applaud you. The fact that 99, but only people that's not going to applaud you is the same as that fucking, that, that wrong. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but 99% of people will show love and support because they know it's the right thing to do that like, not many people speak out about it because they're scared people get targeted yeah. people get trolled that like, going forward with it all and like you say you forgive yourself now's the time to just keep working yeah. on yourself to create Della's law get it passed and and yeah. protect the people that we yeah as the next generation of this the planet basically like yeah. where do you go with it all now what can i help with or anybody watching what can anybody help with um so from now there's going to be um there's a lot more meetings coming up and stuff but once things have been decided next steps have been decided you know i know there's a lot more mps are getting involved now as well because mp sarah champion she's involved and um yeah just look out for all the social media for della's law and you know mm -hmm. what about yourself and plans for the future so you know, what's it what's you got in the cards big things Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Hope mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you still in contact with people from the neck? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. It's it, sometimes it's the people insane that can actually keep mm. you, you fucking sane. I wouldn't survive that then. Yeah. No. Uh huh. Well, I know I've asked you before, but for anybody that's maybe st stuck in a rut, like what advice would you have for them yourself? Because I know you've worked on yourself so much to then forgive yourself and it takes years don't rush the process mm -hmm. don't don't think it can't happen because I think that's one of the things as well is that I always believed that 
I would never forgive myself for taking someone's life, but I absolutely do. You know, um, where my boys are concerned, I don't forgive myself for ever letting him anywhere near us, and I probably never will. So you have to, like, you have to put things into what you can work on at what any one time, but knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And and you need to get out there and you need to research what you can do and how you can get help and how you can be of help. Yeah. Listen, for coming on today and telling your story, I know how hard that is to then try and relive that. It's tiring, draining, but mm-hmm. like you say, you're doing it for a strength for people to come forward and help out to change these laws, mm-hmm. to make the world a better place, safer place. Like the world's always going to be have bad and evil in it. But if we can do enough to eliminate as much evil as we can while we're alive, yeah, and that's all we can do. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, I you've got plenty more fight in you, you've got plenty more life in you. Do amazing things, but listen, I've got nothing but love and respect for you. <laughs> Thanks, James. Anything I can ever help with, you know, I'm a phone yeah. call away. But I wish you nothing but luck, success, and the best possible life for the future for yourself. Thank God you. God bless you. Thank you. Podcast Network.